welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And we also have Brother Dylan Perry, who is a De La Salle Christian brother, uh, and he is in the Midwest district. Province. Uh, yes. Yeah, province. No, district. Oh, is Remember? it? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's district. Yeah, the rest of the church calls them provinces. We call them districts. Because they're special. We, oh, special. We they're special. Yeah. It's like, so it's like the Hunger Games. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and he survived. It can be. He's a, he's a season four winner. <laughs> so congratulations on that. I don't know who you had to kill to get there. But uh, you're a school principal also at the Blackfeet Reservation mm-hmm. in northwest Montana. That's right. So it sounds very interesting. And we're going to do a show specifically about that and your experience there, um, uh, our next episode with you. But we want to focus, also, I just want to let people know that uh, here at the Catholic Cafe, it's very important for us to have a beautifully landscaped lawn, you know, outside. So if we hear someone going by with a leaf blower, we're going to be okay with that. Yes. Right? Just so we know that, like, we're like everybody else, and we have people that are doing a good job making us look good. Well, they're so. taking their lawn power tools, and they're building a statue of Tom yeah, uh, in honor hair. of him and his Yeah, hair. they're working on his hair right now, yes. that's going to be, so we may have a moment of silence later when they unveil that, but... <laughs> So we're here with with uh, Brother Dylan, and and you've told us like this our last episode. So if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to our last episode, which is your vocation story. Story, which one of the things I love about it uh, is you you talk about things like in terms of like little baby steps, little things that didn't seem like you were moving in a specific direction. You were just moving in a direction that maybe you didn't right. know, and it was becoming like more and more like little little openings, little doors, little opportunities that basically where you were kind of following, I guess, what God is calling you to do, mm-hmm. uh, and and these baby steps kind of led you to be a, a Christian brother, which is which is awesome, uh, but it wasn't like that you, uh, there was a bolt of lightning and uh, you weren't addicted to crack cocaine, right. you know, and there's a lot right. of stories that out there that people have, yes, but no. I, I think it's important that we recognize mm-hmm. that not every story is going to be a fantastical story, but it's a fantastic story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, no major uh, revelations, no moments of, um, of, of uh, turning over a new leaf. Um, you didn't so hear a voice from the heavens saying, Dylan, in no. whom am I, I am well pleased, <laughs> you know, listen to him. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And I think that's what's really important for, I would like for people to hear that listening to, to the Holy Spirit has as much to do with the listening as it does to the speaking. Um, ah, so yes. when, we, when we predispose ourselves to the listening and you build a personal relationship with, with God, then you, have, you start to know how God speaks to you. And God speaks to me in silence and in what I sometimes refer to as brief moments of clarity. Ah. So when I did decide, uh, I had been discerning, um, and one day I just called my the, the one the closest to this moment is I had called my vocation director brother Stephen and said, "Let's get this started. I've got to I got to move on this or I'm gonna change my mind." Right, you, you know? had a moment of clarity, uh, right? And you and realized that was gonna be foggy real soon. <laughs> exactly. So I called and said, "How can we how can we begin my postulancy? Let's let's figure out how to make this work." Um, because I knew um, I knew that's what I wanted. I knew that's where I was being called. 
and I also knew how easily we can talk ourselves out of the things that are right for us. Now, did you but did you ever? Uh, uh, I guess d- did the devil ever attack specifically in 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 this vocational mm-hmm. call for you? Did did you ever feel like? Uh, all these opportunities, you know, were flashing before your eyes now, and as mm-hmm. reasons why you should not choose door number mm-hmm. one, you should go for two or three. Yeah. Um, let me see. I can't think of a, a specific story, but definitely there's um, there's challenges and temptations all the time, all along the way. I think still, um, you know, for me, that's a, maybe that's a, another important part too, is knowing how. Um, those um, the evil and negative negative kinds of things speak to you Um, so they speak to me in not being good enough Um, so when I try something when I'm sent to um, to lead um, like as I have been asked to you know as part of vow of obedience uh, asked to to organize an international group of young brothers in Rome um, and have to moderate um, these big, complicated conversations. Or when I've been asked, to, like I am now, to be principal, um, I think I'm not qualified for this. I'm not right. good enough. I'm not. And so we draw a lot of. I think the devil uses insecurity sometimes. Definitely, definitely. And he doesn't and, scream and like I'm the devil and I don't want you to do this. Exactly. Instead, he wants you to doubt yourself. Right. And then it can spiral so quickly. Um, you're not good enough for this. Why do you think you're good enough to be? A brother and to be this example to other people and and it's a, it's a I think this idea that we need to be perfect um, to be um, as we are you know um, as, as you are you guys are with this show um, yeah, in far a, from in it a pub, <laughs> in a, but in a pub you know a public face yeah. of these kinds of things we don't need to be perfect to do that uh, we just need to be ourselves um, and I think trusting God that we're in the right place that we're um, that God gives us what we need um, what we need to say, how we need to be with people, as long as we don't close ourselves off to that. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I do tell people a lot. Uh, I know I've preached about it several times. Where all of a sudden, I think the Holy Spirit says, "Tell them this," mm-hmm. and that is uh, that God loves you right now. Mm-hmm. Right? He doesn't love the future you. Mm-hmm. I mean, He will, but mm-hmm. really, He loves. He doesn't want you to be perfect before He will love you. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. If and we are so hard on ourselves. We are. Right, and so if we realize that we are loved in our brokenness, and mm-hmm. and and we're loved in our our inability to please Him, right, yeah. all these things that we're never going to be worthy, right, yeah, of that. Right. And so if we if we understand that, it, man, it takes a lot of pressure off. And that's why I draw so much inspiration from from the prophets. I think if we, you know, because I have to do one, God qualifies the called, right, uh, rather than than calling the qualified, right, and that. You know they do hard stuff, and no one listens to them. And as a school principal, um, you feel that way a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, no one's happy with what you do. No one listens, and you can get real. You can throw a pity party real quick about about those kinds of things, or you can say, you know what, I'm just going to keep loving, uh, keep doing, um, and look at the people who are supporting you, and um, and keep moving forward. Um, so, how long have you been a brother? Let's see. I am now. He's counting on his fingers. Let's see, right? Um, five years in um, temporary vows. So my okay. my novitiate was in um, 
2018, I think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, or ended in 2018. So I took the habit in 2017, um, but been I've been using the title uh, two years before that. So in, in postulancy, um, we begin to um, to call ourselves brother or to be called brother. Um, and um, so I guess seven or eight years, depending on how you calculate. Um, and so what's next in that process? Currently discerning um, perpetual vows, we call right. them. Um, and God willing, that will, uh, looking like that'll happen this summer. Wow. Um, so, okay, so that's, yeah, we'll be, we, uh, we, the Catholic Cafe will be praying. <gasps> Thank you uh, for you. That's uh, that's in, that's incredible. That's uh, that's great. Uh, and, now, and people out in the in Radio Land, please pray for for yes, Brother please. Dylan's vocation because I've heard many religious and uh, priests say that if it weren't for the prayers of the faithful, they wouldn't be able to live their vocation. So if any of you are looking to spiritually adopt people, you can also pray for the Catholic Cafe. Yeah, but, you, you know, but Brother Dylan, he's giving his life to the church. Please add him to your list. Definitely. You know, Brother Thank Dylan you. Perry. Yeah, yeah, that's just along with what we were talking about in terms of your own vocation and thinking you're not worthy. It's, it's also a terrible, terrible um, uh, strife on the world to think that your prayers don't matter because mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. They do. Right. And, and, and that's, that's what the devil doesn't want you to believe mm-hmm. that those prayers matter. So if you want the, all the demons to flee and you want the good things to happen, just pray for them. And that's I've right. had personal experiences too, where I've asked, I've, I've, I've just, it's been on my heart. Hey, ask that person to pray for this particular thing that's happening in your life and it's not because oh that person is just sort of the saint of the town mm-hmm. or something like that ordinary everyday catholic but you just feel a nudge hey will you please add me to your rosary list and things happen you mm-hmm. know because god does listen to our prayers and and, and our I, brother Dylan needs prayers you know you because thank this you. is a big big decision he's making with and, his life you know and i think that that even the you know, for me uh, our religious experience has so much to do with relationship yeah um it's about community we can't do this on our own so uh the even the vulnerability required to ask someone for prayers yeah is uh gives you the humility now i say as a, especially as an educator um that's the prayer everyone that will be answered the fastest of any prayer if you ask for humility mm. um, oh you will yeah. certainly pr- be provided with opportunities yeah, to be practice. careful what you ask what they always say right <laughs> Um, but definitely, um, the, being able to to lower yourself to to talk about your needs um, to other people um, and with God is is so important. And frequently, we all say the same thing to ourselves that uh, you know I'm the most humble guy in the room. <laughs> and proud of it. And so proud of it. I too am extraordinarily <laughs> yes. humble. Humility is definitely a, a, a challenge for for so many in the world, me included. And. Uh, Wow. So, the, and the people that are closest to me will know because I talk about it all the time. About like, I, there's some things I don't like about what I do, but at the same time, there's in that humility, mm-hmm. it's where God calls you. As you were saying earlier, Brother Dylan, that you, you know, the, out of obedience, you know, your superiors will say, Brother Dylan, we want you to do this, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't have normally said, Hey, let me lead this, let me run this, let me stand up in front of everybody mm-hmm. and say these things because I really feel that God has gifted me in that way. That's not where it comes right. from, right? And that's why I'm uh, I'm extraordinarily proud of the um, to be a part of the work that um, that our institute does. Um, and our, we have a charism of a history, a 300 year history of of educating uh, the poor, of working, you know, first starting in in Reims, France, um, noticing needs. I think is our is what I would say our charism is. Um, noticing and meeting the needs of of those who find themselves on the margins, 
Um, and that started by seeing that um, that some children in France were not getting the education that they needed um, to be able to have this kind of relationship with God that we're talking about. So you know, you need to be able to read and write. Did uh, you did a, you see that? Uh, is that what attracted you to the Christian Brothers? I mean, because you mm-hmm. seem to be very tuned in to that, yeah. and that's a historical thing. Mm-hmm. But it's still going on today. It is. It is. I think the, that um, that movement, that feeling, you know, the um, the charism of of our order and how it aligns with my own personal charism of relationship of of education uh, definitely is what attracted me. Um, and I did, I tried to do my due diligence in my own discernment to look at other orders. Yeah. Were there other orders um, that you uh, considered? I certainly, I'm very, um, very interested, very connected to the life, um, of, of St. Francis and, and the history of that order. And that, you know, Francis also being, um, a brother, I think something about brothers in the church, um, that I find very attractive, very interesting. There's a humility as we talk about, um, there's sort of an unknownness, a um, but also they're relational. You know, the fact that uh, we choose a word that's inherently um, reciprocal in relationship. Mm. That is, you know, if I call you, if if you call me brother, then you're already saying. If I ask you to call me brother, you're, we're already saying that we are brothers. Yeah. Um, whereas other um, other titles, even in the church, have more hierarchical um, or leadership. Uh, implied by nature, um, which is important. Um, but as a but with brothers, it's uh, it's an even, it's a flat relationship um, with each other, with uh, who we minister with and to. Um, so that's always very compelling for me. Um, I think because of that, um, we uh, recently put out. Um, calls getting going, continuing to go back to our founding principles, to our charism, um, to go um, further, to go to the margins, how we're referring to it now. Um, so not just thinking about poverty, spiritual poverty, things like that, but we're um, think who 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 is in need in our world today, um, and that leads us. Especially, it's exciting to be a part of a group that's so. Um, so broad-reaching internationally, then they can see myself, or at least talk to people. Um, when I've had the uh, the opportunity to go to several meetings in Rome, and then I talk to brothers that are running schools in uh, running uh, you know schools in South Sudan, or um, helping to start universities in um, in um, Ethiopia. We run a school in a university in Bethlehem in Palestine. Um, so we can't think of many places that are more marginalized than this, than, than, than a lot of those And we places. don't hear a lot. This is interesting to me because you're in so many places mm-hmm. and you're doing so much, and we don't hear a lot about that. And right. I think maybe that's a good thing because it's like it shows that you have – you've become um, – like you've woven yourselves mm. into those communities. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's there's something about you know, just being with the people um, in the places that we that we work. Um, I think in certain circles you might hear more about uh, about some of that work. But you're right; it's not um, even all that known about the Catholic presence in some of these places. Um, so, but there's also not like the the Christian Brothers Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. where we're striving to you know be noted and recognized. And here's our list of accomplishments. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, you right. don't see that, but I, but what you do see are people who are on the margins who feel like um, they're loved. Mm-hmm. 
and right. that you I, I know and we'll talk more about this in the in the next episode but the the the, uh, the de la salle christian brothers i mean really specialize uh, charism their charism mm-hmm. is really to be like in and with the people especially mm-hmm. the people that need it the most that's right um, and, and to make, I think, as well, in some ways, hospitality is an important part of our, our charism. Make people feel uh, welcomed. Uh, it's important to us, um, like even in, in big and small ways. Um, here, a brother that was of great influence to me um, growing up, uh, I think the face of the Catholic Church in Memphis, Brother Joel McGraw. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a living saint. That's right. And he, you know, he's not... Um, if, if he's if he's listening to this, uh, you know, I think he'll he'll readily admit he's a good teacher, not the best teacher. He's not, you know, he's and he's a good he's a, a good brother. He's good at a lot of things, but what he does is is care and um, and listen and pay. A lot attention of people don't realize this. He has a prayer book mm. that he uses every day, uh, and I've seen this prayer book. My mother's name is in that prayer book. Now she's passed. And there wasn't a day that went like, when I see him, where he wouldn't go like, "How's your mother?" Mm-hmm. Right? And how's you know anything that I ever asked him to pray for? He's one of these people that just and he he literally does that, and I know he does that because because he asks about true them, and he knows more people in mm-hmm. Memphis. And I I would imagine that when when the Lord determines that that his time on earth is is done, uh, that that prayer book will become some kind of holy relic. Mm-hmm. And that's you know those those are the the uh, the brothers that inspire me and make me proud to be a part of yeah. the order um, t- as well as we have martyrs um, we have a brother from Wisconsin who was martyred in Guatemala whose cause for canonization is um, it was beatified um, and you know, those brothers are certainly inspiring and to hold up those stories. Um, but I currently live with a brother who lived with that brother, and so to, you know it's it's always complicated. Um, and yeah. but it's exciting to hear about those experiences, and that such the the daily um, fidelity I think to to people and to each other. Um, but I, I again I always go back to what I I really love hearing about is that sort of quiet victory, mm-hmm. the yeah. one where it's like to hear. Like it's good to know that this is going on, and it's not got a lot of focus on it. It's just doing. It's just doing life. Yeah, and what's remarkable is, I mean, it's hard. And you can say, uh, like we were talking about before, oh, I want to be like that. Um, but just recognizing what your gifts are and and how to live that well, I think is is what everyone's called to do. I would um, imagine, though, uh, you mentioned in the last last episode a, a priest that was influential mm-hmm. to you, Father Cantner, uh, out of Memphis, and. He probably was wanting you to be a priest, or he thought that was the first thing he was asking about. There had to be a time in your life where you were considering priehood. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what? Was there a tipping point where you decided, like, I don't think it's priest. I really think it's this. And yeah. just to be clear, there are no priests in the Christian Brothers That's right. order. Yeah, yeah. Our founder was a priest, um, and he's the only, only member who's ever uh, been um, actually in the order. The um, there was a brother who was sent to Rome to train to be a priest. And was and died on the way, and that's a sign, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, we are. Our order is so into uh, to provident to divine providence that we uh, that, that was read as a sign. Okay, and no, no priest. We're not, we're not doing that. the priest thing. Um, and so we are the first all male non clerical order in the church. Um, so the first order of just just brothers. Um, 
And that's part of part of my, you know, what interested me in that there's because then there's no hierarchy, no. Um, I think that um, that form of vocation is so pure um, in a way, uh, but especially for an educator um, that. Um, I often say to try to explain it that we're not um, encumbered by sacramental ministry, um, and so while that is a remarkable gift um, to to the church and to be a part of, um, you uh, it shifts your priorities. It gives you it uh, allows you a certain amount of freedom mm-hmm. to focus on exactly. the things that need to be focused on for your and so community. The, the entire incarna- uh, so I think incarnation is is an important part of how we look at things and the entire incarnational aspect of our existence is seeing Christ in people. Um, and so uh, certainly we're uh, we find you know, the sacraments are important to us uh, but it's not what we do um, because we we focus on on seeing Christ in our students. Or you don't perform the sacramental mm-hmm. ministry, but you're there in the pew receiving the sacramental ministry along with those that you're serving, True. which is sort of a different experience mm-hmm. than a lot of uh, religious And their ministry orders. itself mm-hmm. is sacramental mm-hmm. yeah. in nature. Or a right? sacrament of presence to others. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're right, the uh, the presence um, at, um, you know, our pres- the presence we're able to have at uh, at church uh, as part of our, our um, our parish and those kinds of things provide a different witness, um, and so a witness that is yeah, again, still with the people uh, rather than um, than somehow separate. So, um, yeah, I think I certainly did consider priesthood, um, and um, yeah, I'm very. I it, it's a it's a remarkable uh, vocation. Well, there's um, still time. You know, you haven't made that that <laughs> your, your perpetual vows yet. So you got a couple of months if you want to. That's right. Consider <laughs> it. I'm, I, but I'm, I'm teasing you there because it sounds like you're you're right at home, or at least you feel that I think way, so. right? You, there's a there's a certain amount of uh, you know peace that mm-hmm. that radiates from you, and I, that's a good thing. I mean, that's a that's a you. that's a good thing. I think. Um, so you're part of a. Uh, a lot of people don't realize just how big, mm-hmm. I want to say big, not necessarily in numbers, but maybe it is in numbers, but really in terms of like where you are in the world. Yeah. The De La Salle Christian Brothers are all over the place. You mentioned, was True. it 80 countries? We're in 80 countries, um, and um, I think yeah, currently a little over, somewhere between three and 4,000 brothers. Um, and does this, uh, how, how does like communication work mm-hmm. in something like that? I mean, that there's got to be, I oh, mean. Goodness, a lot easier than it used to be. Well, um, I, I guess, I imagine. But um, yeah, it's, um, so it, to, to balance that um, sort of the hierarchical and the, you know, with the, the local is really interesting. Um, and so I've been a part of meetings where we're talking in, uh, three or four different languages about certain kinds of issues, and you have to be very broad when you're, you know, you're speaking about how should we handle, you know, including lay people in our ministry, which we're very good at and have been uh, for a very long time, and how we share our charism and how we talk about our spirituality. But then you're talking about that with people who are ministering in predominantly Muslim countries or in countries with very strong. Uh, cultural Catholic presence, like in South America, and balancing some of those realities, um, and even for us, then knowing uh, the difference between um, educational, you know, educational law, and and you know the different, you know, most other countries um, pay for uh, for for 
religious education. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about raising money, um, which I'd love to to talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, you probably uh, need uh, you oh, need yeah, support. We would love some support. Now we're very blessed to get support from. Um, the American Indian Catholic Schools Network, um, and from a num- number uh, from the Black and Indian Missions, a number of uh, Catholic Catholic charities, um, Catholic Extension, a number of, of wonderful programs in the United States that support this kind the kind of work um, that we do um, on the Blackfeet Reservation uh, and in a number of other places around the country. Um, if someone's man, interested, how do, how do they go about trying to find out? might more and if they wanted to thank you yes um i would say uh, one uh, our website is dlsbs.org it's de la salle blackfeet school okay um it would be easy to find through a number of other places um that we've been talking about um brothersvocation.org um yeah so so anyone who's interested in just pursuing more about the mm -hmm. vocational aspect brothersvocation all one word dot org You'll find all the information there you need to, to start a discernment process and, and then, get in touch with someone. Yes, please. Um, and there's a number of great vocation resources in general, uh, certainly as educators, uh, as catechists, primarily um, our, uh, our resources are interested in helping people find out, helping people be their, their best selves. Um, so, um, so there would be great, as well as the American Indian Catholic Schools Network, Christian Brothers in the Midwest, um, all the networks that we're a part of. And if someone wants to support your school specifically, which we're going to talk in our next episode, just Google Blackfeet School, mm-hmm. and it's the first thing that comes up, and uh, you can find them. You guys have a donut a donate button on your website, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. And maybe a donut button, too. <laughs> yeah. We have the donut button. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I would imagine that that's uh, it's not really always on the top of everyone's giving list because they don't even know about True. what you're doing. And I'm hoping that people will tune into this next episode to find out more specifically about what's going on uh, on the Blackfeet Reservation and, and, and where the Christian Brothers are helping there, mm-hmm. uh, especially with this school. We'll talk about that, uh, but really just uh, where we're called. Uh, we're all called to something, mm-hmm. right? And, and if you're not called to be a Christian brother, you know, if you're not called to be married, if you're not, you're called to something. And and God also, in a maybe not necessarily in a vocational way, is calling everyone to action, everyone to be right. part of what you're doing. And I, I, I love the fact that uh, what you seem to understand or, or what you, I guess, relish about this order is the idea that you're not there making a bunch of little Catholics. Mm-hmm. I, well, God be praised if, if people become Catholic as a result of what you're that's doing. Right. But the reality is you're there to, to, to love people. That's right. And that's a beautiful, beautiful vocation. So, Brother Dylan Perry, thank you for joining us again. And we're going to ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to, to, to intercede on behalf in all of that we've talked about. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.